0: second monthly edition of Cobden Now We're Talking. We hope you enjoyed our October edition. If you did, please tell us, and if you didn't, well, tell us that as well. I want to acknowledge our very important supporters, the Coringamite Shire Council and the Cobden and Districts Community Bank. They're a real vital link to us coming to you each month. Now here's what we have for you in this podcast.
1: I have had the privilege to talk to three Cobden lads who left Cobden to go and play football in Far North Queensland League for Port Douglas to avoid the coronavirus restrictions.
2: I had the chance to talk with two members of the Corangamite Youth Council. We also have part two of the Alma McDonald story, with Alma being interviewed by Denise Butler.
3: And I'll bring you a brief update about some of our Cobden businesses.
1: When three young Cobden footballers went to Port Douglas in far north Queensland, they were heading for the unknown. Now they've had a full season playing for the Port Douglas Crocs, we thought it would be a good time to catch up with them. So the first question is, you're known as?
4: Sam Giblet.
1: Sam Giblet. No nickname, Sam? No, yep.
4: uh, nickname Gibbo.
1: Gibbo. There you go. Uh, the best thing about Port Douglas?
4: Probably the weather.
1: Where do you work?
4: I work at Palmer Race Golf Club.
1: At the golf club? Yeah. Beautiful. And your favourite thing you do up there when not playing footy?
4: Uh, probably just being around the boys.
1: Being around the boys. Excellent.
4: Yeah.
1: All right uh josh are you there mate
5: yeah i'm here
1: i'll give you the same four same four questions yeah so you're known as
5: uh party boy
1: party boy that's better (laughs) best thing about port douglas
5: yeah the weather and uh the beach and all that yep beautiful and yeah creeks, waterfalls it's all good and you'd have yep. to use them
1: a bit because you've got those things swimming in the water up there with you, don't you?
5: Yeah, you've got to be pretty careful where you swim.
1: Yeah, I heard that. Um, mm. Where do you work, mate?
5: Um, at the council. At the council? Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Yep. And the favourite... Sorry, mate?
5: On the road patching crew.
1: Road patching crew, perfect. Yep. And the favourite thing you do up there when not playing footy?
5: Probably getting in the water. Yep. Or, yeah, messing around with some sludge, playing tennis, basketball. Sport. Soccer.
1: Yeah, just getting outside in the warm weather. Oh, how good! Are, how lucky is that, Christian? How are you go, mate? Good day. Good on you, buddy. What are you known as?
6: Ah, uh, Alberto or Ronnie. Alberto. Yep.
1: Yeah, that'll do. And <laughs> the, <laughs> the best thing you know, the best thing you like about Port
3: Douglas?
6: Ah, uh, probably all the boys. Boys.
1: Sort of, yeah. of hang
6: out, hang out with them nearly every night, so he's never at home.
1: Yeah. Uh, where best. do you work?
6: Ah, uh, I work at a sugar mill.
1: That'd be something different. Good on you. And favourite things you do when you're not playing footy?
6: Um, partying and punting.
1: <laughs> partying and punting. Yep. Is the punt winning for you?
6: No. <laughs>
1: All right. We won't go down that Definitely road. not. <laughs> All right. Can you tell us about the, the Crocs Football Club and what makes them special? And Have you been accepted into the club and are there any locals actually playing up there?
4: Uh, yeah, there's there's three local boys that are playing that uh <laughs> that are in the team at the moment. Um, two are brothers and another one is one of their mates. They're all I think they're all about twenty twenty four or twenty two odd. Yep. Um yeah, we yep. know we got accepted uh pretty easily because there were so many so many new new boys up there that they there was more new boys than short. than um than players already there. So everyone kind of just got to know each other and got welcome pretty pretty easily, yeah.
1: Uh, that sounds like a great footy club. Um, Josh? Yep. Do you think it's been good for your footy? And if so, in which way?
5: Yeah, well, I've probably played in positions that I've never played before, so yeah, um, going forward, that'll probably help, I'd say, yep.
1: Uh, that's excellent. Uh, yep. Chris- Christian, I'll keep rolling through the questions, guys. Um, yeah. Have you learned any new stuff playing up there? And if so, what is it?
6: Uh, probably it's a lot quicker footy So you've got to learn to sort of cut the space Of your opponent a lot quicker than you do back home it yep. been more stoppage, stoppage play back home So yeah, probably that
1: And the drier the conditions Would help with that sort of stuff yeah, too Wouldn't yeah.
6: it? Yeah, so It's a lot free flowing
1: Do you miss the mud? Nope <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff um, Josh, would you recommend playing up there To anyone and, and why?
5: Yeah, one thing you don't have to play in the mud and the rain. Yeah. Um, and just the lifestyle that goes with it. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's really good up here and there yeah, you meet so many new people and see lots of new places.
1: And that's excellent, isn't it? That's great. Yeah,
5: that's, that's the, all what it's good about, yeah.
1: Yep. Sam, mate, if, if this coronavirus COVID issue keeps Victoria closed next year, would you play another year up there with the Crocs?
4: Yeah, definitely. I reckon there'd be. 20 other blokes that would say the same thing as well. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it just kind of got us out of Victoria and, and probably having the time of our lives up here.
1: A great experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine that. Christian. Yep. Give me a rundown on a typical week's training up there and how it compares to a week at Cobden training.
6: Monday, we sort of get a group of boys together. We go down to the Oval and we play a bit of soccer. So about 10 on 10. Oh, I will yeah? around. Oh. And Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night training. Wednesday, we us boys have all started up like a basketball tournament thing, so we play that down in the basketball court. Then Thursday, we, um, Thursday night training, just a light training session, just a bit more skill work. Then Friday, sometimes we go for a little bit of tennis in the Arvo and all go down to the um, Rattle and Hum, which is a local pub. They do um, a special on pastors so we all go down there and get that together on Friday and game on Saturday.
1: Good Lord. You're training harder there than you do down at Cobden. <laughs>
6: oh, it's good weather, so it's better being out sorted in.
1: Yeah, no, that'd be perfect too. Do you want to run me through some of the highlights away from the footy ground in the in the far north Queensland, mate?
6: Oh, uh, yeah, well, when when you're not sort of doing sport, you go, go around, there's lots, lots of waterfalls and, like, nice walks. Go down to the beach just a fair bit. Like, where all those like, imported boys are staying, it's like tennis courts, swimming pools and that, so... We sort of hang around with each other every uh, every
1: night, so yeah, excellent. Hey Josh, yeah, can you explain to us? Yep. Can you explain to us lepers down here in Victoria what the locals are like and, and do they treat you Vicks, well?
5: Yeah, well, there's not many um, tourists up here at the moment, so it's kind of quiet around town. But yeah, all the locals have welcomed us and they're all pretty nice. All the all the boys that play footy are good blokes. When we first come up, everyone sort of joking to us how we're from Victoria and yeah. how we've, we're crook and we're sick and <laughs> stay away and that, but no, that, that wore off pretty quick and yeah, yep. now we're sort of the locals, which is good. Yep,
1: you don't have a car with Victorian registration plates on it, do you?
5: Yeah, no, we've still got them. Have you? Still got them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still Victorian registered.
1: Oh, well, that's all right. That may, That's a good chance yeah, you'll but come. There
5: is, Sorry? a few of them getting around up here actually, a few Victorian plates.
1: Oh, okay then. Yeah.
5: Yeah, they're not the only ones. Hey Sam,
1: um, the boys from Cobden can see that you're doing really well up there and they asked, are you definitely coming back?
4: Uh, 50-50 at these days, not sure, (laughs) seeing how how the year turns out and seeing what happens with footy back home, so I wouldn't rule it out, but just not sure at this stage.
1: Oh, no, well, that's all right. We, we want a bit of honesty in these podcasts so that that'll keep the <laughs> lads thinking what's going on. Yeah. Hey, Josh. Um, yep. Can you tell us um, who you've missed most from home and, and why? And, and do you want to give oh. anyone a shout-out?
5: Um, <laughs> well, Obviously, just probably the family and the dog. The dog, <laughs> the dog <laughs> and yep. Up. Yeah. yeah and all the boys back home from the footy club and that. They're obviously... Sort of pretty tough. They they got stuck stuck at home for a while there. So yeah, thinking of all them. But yeah, probably just family and yeah, me with mates. Yeah, and, yeah,
1: and that's fair enough. I mean, you must you guys must have made the decision to jump pretty quick, did you?
5: Yeah, it was all yeah. within ten days, I reckon. Yeah, and we, did, just, we didn't really even think about it. We just said yes, and we, yeah, we packed our bags and we're off.
1: <laughs> and did you know someone up there?
5: We know, yeah. We had a few people that that knew people, but not actually. Yeah, we didn't know any, but we got forwarded on to a few people.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. So they really, they really liked having you come up, wouldn't
5: they? Yeah, yeah. Hey. And it's been good because there's so many other boys from Victoria that have come up. We've all got good mates with them.
1: Yep. Hey, Christian, I want you to tell me now, who would you throw on a plane right now from Cobden to add to your side? Give me a name and why. Um, or you
6: Maybe uh, Paul Paul Peakin. Paul Peakin. <laughs> Needs a little bit of extra fitness by look at things. <laughs> yeah, that works.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> but playing, but playing wise, probably uh Toby Hawkins. Yeah. Just because he's that, that good um, I rate him he's pretty good ruckman and he can do play up forward as well, so he's always tend to any team.
1: Yeah. And I hope Paul and Tubby you happen to hear you say that too see what see how we go Sam um, yes. have you been able to pass on any knowledge from Cobden are you you know game plans training drills and if so which ones
4: not as not as no not really they've they pretty much got a down pad up here their own game plan that's been that's been happening for the last four years which is which is pretty much work because they've won, they've won the last four flags so we've kind of been sticking to their game plan so everyone that moved up. Had to learn a new game plan and, and obviously we're, we've been playing it well
1: yeah because your side's pretty successful isn't it
4: yeah we've, we've got we've got a really strong side actually
1: I see some of the scores on the Facebook page that you've been winning by the, um, the guys at full back don't have to do much running by the sounds of it No, yeah, that's, that's Christian he doesn't doesn't do that much running no uh, Christian loves a bit of a challenge though doesn't he <laughs> yeah yeah he does <laughs> yeah hey that's great I'm just going to finish off now.
4: Oh, I just want to say thank you for having us on your podcast and um, hopefully you're doing well down in Victoria.
1: Yep. No, we're, we're all doing all right. Hey, listen, I'm going to finish off now and I just want you to give me a couple of words and I'll ask each one of you first. Um, uh, Sam, life at, yep. Port, life at Port Douglas is? Unreal. What is your favourite pub, bar? Rattle and Hum. Well, oh, Sorry, what's that one?
4: Rattle and Hum.
1: Rattle and Hum, yep. And... Anyone you want to shout out to?
4: I give a shout out to Barney, my dog.
1: Good on you. We'll make sure Barney gets to listen to this.
4: <laughs>
1: Good on you, Sam. Thanks for your time. Josh. Thank you.
5: Yep.
1: Life at Port Douglas is? Uh, paradise. Paradise. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, what is your favourite pub?
5: Gilligan's in Cairns.
1: Gilligan's in town. And anyone you want to shout out to?
5: Josh Fagan.
1: Josh Reagan. Yeah, you'd love to hear <laughs> that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, make sure he I'll make sure he listens. I'll make sure he listens. All right,
5: thank you.
1: Um, and thanks, Josh, for being part of the part of the, uh, no the event. It's all. been fantastic. Yep. Christian, yep. your favourite yep. life at Port Douglas is beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and what is your favourite pub bar?
6: Probably the Woolshed. Woolshed. In Cairns.
1: Yep, perfect. Um, and anyone you want to shout out to? Uh,
6: Josh Fagan too. The Rat Pack
5: will be back soon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, that's excellent. Thanks, lads. Thanks for your time, oh, and you, um, great to hear from yous. Hope yous, yeah, hope thank you. you. Uh,
5: thanks,
1: Trev. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. We hope you have a
0: successful finish. That was great. Thanks, Trev. And even better, they got to the grand final and won. The Crocs senior side had a 30-point win, while the Crocs reserve side won by a massive 130 points.
2: Youth leadership and social connection are so important in regional areas. Locally, we're lucky enough to have the Corangamite Youth Council. Two members of this council are Tess Lowry, who is the Youth Mayor, and Georgia Sharp, who is a member. We caught up for a chat at Alderwood, Manor in Cobden.
7: Thanks, Chelsea. So, I'm Tess Lowry, so I live in Terang and I'm the Youth Mayor this year. I started on Youth Council near the end of 2017 and have been working... With the guys there for the last few years. I started as, as the secretary and I'm now the youth mayor, and I'm just loving working with all the young people and working on what we can provide to the march Shire. Also, got Georgia Sharp with me today.
8: Yep, thank you. So, I've joined the Youth Council in 2018, so this is my last year on the council. Um, so, I started when I was um, in secondary school and now I'm a community member.
7: Georgia's our only community member so we're looking to recruit more of them because they are a really important factor to us because yes you can get the school base but what are the people that have left school need is probably one thing that we like to focus on so that's great from Georgia.
2: That's a very good point because a lot of people don't understand that the term youth actually goes up to 25.
7: Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it is quite a large age bracket, that 12 to 25 age group and it is past secondary school. So being able to work with someone that is past that age group really helps us because we can then work on what do they need also. It's not just the school age children.
2: Brilliant. Okay, so just for those who don't quite know what the Youth Council is responsible for... So it's an initiative um, created by the Coorangamite Shire.
7: Now, how many people sit on the Youth Council? Yep. So this year we've got 13 people sitting on our Youth Council. We are looking to get a few more, but yeah, we'll probably talk about that a bit later on. Um, So we've got lots of people on our Youth Council. It's quite a large council compared to some of the other youth councils in different districts. And we've got people sitting from all different towns of our shire, which is really, really important to us to be diverse.
2: Now, I hear you're actually recruiting for a member for Cobden.
7: Yeah, we are. So, we're actually looking to recruit two people from Cobden. We're looking to get someone maybe from school, but we're also definitely looking to try and get someone that's a community member to get that other age bracket. So, that's generally 18 to 25. Yeah, definitely. So,
2: someone who is working within the community or you know, perhaps they're studying online or something like that. Yeah. Yep, brilliant. Okay, so you've uh, just actually announced the youth strategy. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
7: Yeah, so the youth strategy that we've done this year is the first ever Caringa youth strategy. So it's been closely worked along with... It was obviously budgeted by council and then we got the initiative to take it on, so it was worked with the youth services team. It's been a process that's taken a little while... But, yeah, we're really proud of the document that we've been able to produce. Um. Fantastic. Can you tell me perhaps a couple of um,
2: of the key aims that you're going to be looking at as a youth council from this strategy?
8: Yeah, so our goal is just to make sure that everyone is included in our community. Yep. So we want all the youth to be involved. We want to make sure we have opportunities for them within our community. Yeah, sure. And just going back um, in regards to... Um, recruiting someone from the community yeah they don't have to be 18 to 25 they can be someone else in the community who actually may be homeschooled or um, just doesn't fit inside the school at a school category yeah and probably
7: one thing we need to touch on is this year when we delivered this strategy we're going to be focusing on the 12 to 20 age bracket that's something we're going to really focus on because Mm -hmm. we find the 20 to 25 year olds they have that bit more freedom with their license etc so we're focusing on the twelve to 20, twelve to twenty age bracket, yep. but anyone to twenty five is welcome to attend because we are always diverse and we're always inclusive. But yeah, we'll be focusing on that twelve to twenty age Fantastic. bracket. Was there anything that surprised
2: you from the you know research that was um, that has come out of this
7: uh, strategy plan? Look. I think I was probably surprised, not by all of it, but a fair bit of it. I didn't realise some of the issues that our young people were facing. Mm-hmm. Because I do live, I live on the outskirts of Terang, so I can still access the township quite well. But I didn't realise the likes of the kids in Leesmore, Derren skipped Skipton Way that have no transport or limited I didn't realize it was actually such a large issue to those guys, internet. and obviously internet and connectivity. Oh, definitely, to, isn't and we've probably seen that extremely in the this, isolation yeah. process. Yeah,
2: because everything's been turned online. Yeah. Um. So suddenly, events and um activities are being accessed the majority on online. And if you don't have access to that, how are you getting that social interaction?
8: Yeah, definitely. So that's been yeah. tough thing for remote learning for some children. Yeah, I agree. So. I think it's um, really opened my eyes up a bit because I like to think of like I like to think about all the youth, but I'm at a certain age where I tend to forget the younger ones. So it's great to be able to see all the like statistics, the, the larger yep. picture, and that's yep. probably a
7: great thing. Georgia, like to think about those younger ones. This year on youth council, we've actually had people in that 12 year age age bracket. Like we've yep. never had anyone 12 yep. on our youth council, and that's been a really good thing for us this year to think. I'm 18, but I forget like what. Was my issues when I was 12. Yep. But then I also look at Georgia, who's 20, and I think, wow, like she's experiencing a whole nother thing From me. But when we live in the same town, that's like a whole different thing. But like looking at the youth strategy, the community wish list, and a few of those did probably surprise me, like people wanting more um, ways to stay active. I thought we were pretty active in our communities, but 55% more, more ways to stay active, and that probably surprised me a little bit. I noticed the, um,
2: that, people, uh, young people in our region are are struggling to find things to be, like, for entertainment. Is that just because um, of our rural, you know, location or is it um, that, you know, perhaps we aren't thinking outside of the box for events and stuff like that? Yeah, or?
7: definitely, and that's probably a combination, but yep. I would say a huge thing, and it was a large want on our community wish list in the strategy mm. of transport, yep. getting to those events that are yep. being run. Yep. Yeah, okay. and
8: it's important for us to know, like, um, we want to hear everyone's opinions of what exactly they want because it can be difficult to figure out sometimes. We don't want to be um, chucking all these ideas around if they're not what the youth want. And that's exactly right. We're 13 people. We all have our different wants and needs. Mm -hmm. But
7: what does everyone else want? So we're always looking for that feedback. So, yeah, that's a crucial thing to us.
2: Fantastic. So one thing that has also come up out of this strategy is you're looking at the career or pathways for young people in our region. Um, Can you tell me about the Careers Expo that's coming up?
7: Yeah, so the Careers Expo to us is something that we want to focus on not just your uni, your TAFE. We want to focus on every career possible of being able to stay in Corangamite or part-time stay in Corangamite, work, learn, anything. Yeah, so, Georgia... Be, y- sorry.
8: No. It can be quite an issue um, that we don't have the... Sometimes People don't think we have the resources in our um, in the Corangamite Shire... ...or in regional areas that they have to go away mm-hmm. to the city or whatever to... Um, so can I can
2: I ask about your own personal experience with studying from Corangamut?
8: Yeah, so I decided to study at um, Deakin in Warrnambool. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm doing a bachelor of education yep and there's actually quite a few people in my course who have stayed in the area and haven't gone away or aren't from interstate Mm -hmm. so it's great to see that and we definitely want to see more of that as well so i'm really enjoying being able to stay in my community and still study
7: and probably a key thing chelsea is we don't just want to focus on the uni. We want to focus on farming. We want to focus on any entrepreneurships Yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. We want to touch on all the different mm-hmm. – if you have a job that you love in Karengamak, we want to hear about it. Well,
2: right now, isn't there um, – because of this whole ISO pandemic, um, the government is actually kind of giving incentives for apprenticeships and stuff like yeah. that. So there may be even more local opportunities Definitely. Um, as those opportunities are being – you know, picked up by, by yeah, totally, existing definitely. businesses.
7: Yeah, And that was probably the thing. We want to focus on everyone. We don't just yeah, want to touch on the uni or the TAFE mm-hmm. because there are so many opportunities in our area. There's many different pathways. And I think there's there. a lot of people that don't know about yeah. those pathways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from anyone. So if you'd love to contact the Youth Services or the Karingamite Shire youth team, mm-hmm. you can email us at youthservicesatkaringamite.vic.com com.vic.au sorry there's also some the facebook social page yeah yep. so we've got our youth services facebook page we've also got a brand new instagram page which we launched after iso so core.youth.crew is our instagram page But, yeah, if you can't contact any of them, the Coringa Mart website, you can go in there. There's a whole youth area and you can find out how to contact us and I would definitely recommend...
2: Or you could just give the uh, council a call and um, the youth team will help
7: you out there. Definitely. Exactly.
8: We'd love to see what everyone wants in our community as well. I would totally agree. Have you got
7: anything else coming up or...? Uh, We're working on some things. We've got Youth Fest obviously coming up. That's our end of year program and that's in the works at the minute of how that's going to look. Um, But that's probably where our focus is at the minute. But, yeah, we've worked on a lot this year and we've hit targets really easily. Obviously with going online, that's a whole new world which the youth have been engaging with for a long time. So to see everyone step online now I think it's really
8: benefited us especially. It's been a great experience. It will be a different world trying to go back to um, events in person. It'll be very strange. I was just
2: wondering, Georgia, whether you could tell us a little bit about yourself.
8: Yep, so um, I'm a part of the Corangamite Shire and I have been for most of my life. Um, so I'm from Tarang. I went to school in Tarang. Um At the moment, I'm studying at university because I want to become a special education teacher.
2: Yeah, okay. So what were some of your interests or some of your you know, your main concerns or interests that have brought you to be part of the Youth Council?
8: Yeah, so I thought it was important that everyone's voices are heard in our community. I think there are... When I joined, there was a lot of things that I wanted to see in the community, but I also knew that there were things that others wanted to see. So I just wanted to have um, an impact on, like, what the youth... What there is for the youth in our community. Mm -hmm. And you were just saying
2: that um, you don't necessarily um, enjoy live music as an activity yourself, but you're willing to advocate for that for other people because you understand that it is a subculture. Did you – and and you yourself are more into the, you know, solitude of of, uh, visual arts yourself. Is that
8: true? so visual arts is a massive part of my life – Absolutely love it. But, yeah, in terms of the events that the Karengamai Muchai Youth Council run, um, I love to help out with all of them. It doesn't matter what it is. I like knowing that everyone is getting the opportunity to be a part of something that they love. And, yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I love being on the Youth Council.
2: So, Tess, I want to know a little bit more about you as mm. opposed to your, the youth mayor.
7: Okay, righto. So I obviously grew up in Terang, still live in Terang. So, yeah, I've been living in Terang for 18 years now. Um, I'm that weird kid that loves everything. I have passions and feet in all the doors. Um, so, obviously, love my sport. I play for the Tarang Mortlake Footy Club. I play basketball at Tarang, umpire basketball in Camperdown. I'm all things sport. And then, obviously, I have that passion for leadership and the Youth Council making that community engagement But then I also have my foot in the door. I I have a real passion for cooking. So I run a show for the Youth Council that's called Cooking with Tess, where I've cooked with a few different people now and looking to cook with some more special guests. Um, But then I also have my foot in the door of I love to go and watch live music. I'm not music inclined in any way possible myself. I'm Tone deaf, and um, everyone likes to laugh at me, so that's always good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I'm that person that has their foot in all the doors. I love being involved. So, like when it comes to youth council, if I don't love an event and it's not my passion, I'm always still there. I'm always got that smile on my face because I really love seeing everyone else benefit. I'm that person that likes to see everyone else benefit from something else. But yeah, I have a real passion for cooking, so that's where my passion lies at the minute. But Obviously, want to after school. I'm in year twelve this year. I want to become a teacher. So yeah, that's where I'm heading. But I'm that yeah, that nerdy, weird kid that has a foot in all the doors. And I don't think many people like to say that, but yeah, that's what I am. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. No worries. Thank you,
0: Chelsea. What an informative conversation. There's so much that our young people can engage in, and we really do encourage our youth to become involved.
2: Yeah, Gary. There's actually an opportunity for a Cobden representative right now. So have a think about it. Do you know someone in our community who would be a great leader?
0: Last month, we ran part one of the Alma McDonald story hosted by Denise Butler and recorded in the lovely Hachbury House B&B. This month, we bring you part two, which picks up where the last one left off. So please enjoy.
9: Okay, right. So what do you think your house had that may have been, as I said, I think the three bedrooms is really quite flash. What do you think you didn't have that maybe some children living in the town may have had? Because once again, the telephone, that's really up there.
10: Yeah, that was something special, I suppose. Um, We we got a a radio, it was a big, huge cabinet thing with dry batteries. But I was probably... Nine or ten when that happened. I was nine because I remember when the war was declared. Yes. remember hearing that. But the dry batteries were a pest. If you didn't keep them charged, you had to get them from the town to home and, yeah, they were a bit of a nuisance. nuisance. But never mind, that's what we had and it's what we used. But uh, we didn't go to other people's houses. Because we were out in the bush... We only went to my aunts' at yes, school holidays. Family. We swapped places with other yeah. kids, with other our cousins, and we stopped with my aunts and uh, my mother's sister and my father's sister. But uh, if it was mum had to go away or anything happened, we could stay at one of my aunts at Cobrico and mm. went to school in Cobrico for a little while. And yeah. um, I mean, there must have been an emergency. I can't remember what it was, no. but uh, their houses were pretty much the same as ours, except both of my aunts had maker cars, or my uncles did. Mm. Um, but they, they weren't used a lot. Lighting came to Cobden. People had um, Lux lights. They, they were sort of gas, a gas w- filament. No, yeah, not a filament. Yes um worked pretty much like a mantle does in a pressure lamp yes um the town had uh, Lux lights at the hotel corner one of them is still there yep. there were two where they were uh, lighting that people some of the fa- houses had those type of lights yep. in them yep. but we just had kerosene lamps mm. um which we used to have to... That was part of our duty. We used yep. to have to clean the mantles and the glasses yep. and fill them with kerosene every day. Yes, of course. We went to school. <laughs> <laughs> So the and
9: the cows. I didn't milk the cows. And milk the cows. Well, if
10: there, there was no kerosene in the lamp when we came in from the farm and it was dark, that was, well, it was trouble.
9: Ooh. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be on the receiving end of that. No. So, what sort of difference did having that radio make to your family's evening and afternoon entertainments? Well, we just made sure we were finished milking in time to hear Dad and
10: Dave. Yes. <laughs> We didn't hear. We didn't listen to it a lot. We, mo- I guess, we had to ration the, the battery. I don't know, yeah. but we didn't listen to a lot of things I've on heard. it at all. Yeah. Uh, later in my life, when I was a young teenager, my parents got a gas refrigerator. Gra- uh, no, not gas. Uh, kerosene. Kerosene. Yes. It pumped in, yep. in the refrigerator, but uh, we had nothing in the way of cool safe. I was just going out, to say, yeah. a garlic yeah, safe. Yeah, and a big meat safe, yep. which was out under the trees. Yep. Um, my father g- killed sheep. Um, you asked me what we ate. Do you want me to say yes, well,
9: yes. what? Yes, yes, because that's part of what the home life was like. Mum
10: was a good cook, and I can never, ever remember not having plenty to eat. Yes. I can't remember. Some people say that. Some people, you know, in their youth, they say, well, they didn't have this, that and the other thing, but I can never remember no. not having enough food. Yes. But my father used to fish and he was a good fisherman. Uh, we had... We never, ever, ever ate chicken. Oh. That was considered... Luxury. ...ultimate luxury. Yes. Uh, we, we ate fish, uh, uh, sheep and beef and rabbits. Yes. We all Did set he? rabbit traps. Yeah. Um my mother used to prepare them and clean them and boy, I would take them on my way to school to drop up at her customers yep. and um, we all had rabbits. So we kept the skins and sold them. We sent them to Melbourne. There was a skin buyer in Cobden who bought tallow and skins but um, mum used to save them up and we had lots and sent them to a, on the train to Melbourne did they go to a particular... Yes, canons, patter? I can still remember it. <laughs> Richmond, yes, canons. Yes, yes. And it was great excitement when that letter came with that money in of and course. we all got our money for our skins. It was a
9: big, big deal. What would be <laughs> the equivalent of the calf money that, that farming families have now, yeah. isn't yes. it? It's yes. that yes. extra yes. something
10: yes. that goes often yeah. towards and the children. Generally speaking, it was given to the wives to... Um, the wives didn't have such a control. Financial control. Uh, no. Yeah. They were very much under the... Uh, yes, they were not given It was the a same.
9: patriarchal society.
10: Yes, so, but things like that were extras for mm. wives. If they sold eggs, yes. some people did that. We never did because we used them ourselves. But, uh, yeah. Now, you said you had an orchard.
9: Yes, we had a very so large orchard. So Mum preserved orchard.
10: the fruit. Yes, we ate fruit. Um, My father had a big vegetable garden um, and we ate seasonally instead of having to have... Pineapples in June. Yes, exactly. You just ate seasonally. So Mm. ultimately you had a huge rush of certain things. Uh, We used to sell apples because we had a lot of apples, really big there's still a lot up there at Greg's yes. Place. A lot of them are still there. Um, what else did we eat? That all things. But we certainly didn't have ch- uh, poultry and, and they were not called chickens anyway in those days. They have just developed into chickens now. <laughs> <laughs> they were frequently old oh, chalks that were yes. going off the lay. or Yes, yes, or past or the if years by we, happened, we never had roosters... At our place, we used to. Mum used to get different type eggs because she liked to get uh, a different uh, that type of hen. Ah,
9: so not she didn't go into geese no. or anything no. like that. We no, never but had geese or ducks. Hen. We didn't. Some okay, people yep.
10: did. No, we never had those. We had wild ducks that my father shot, mm. and quail quite frequently when it was the quail season, and they were an absolute luxury. Um, we played, when it was winter, we'd play games in the, in the front of the house. Yeah. My parents had been in the kitchen and we kids had been in the other part of the house playing games, all sorts of games which we
9: made up. Yes. Um, that's about it, I think. About it. So you mentioned that when your family got the radio, you can remember hearing the declaration of the Second World War. Yes. How did that affect your family in that short-term I remember, because it must have been an amazing thing to hear. I remember going
10: inside, and my father said, "Oh, the, my father thought the French were saints." Uh, <laughs> he, he said, "Hitler will never get through France." Well, oh. we all know what happened, didn't yeah. we? You know what happened. <laughs> yes. The Maginot Line didn't yeah. do such a great uh, job. Eventually, um, my brother went to war. Eventually, when he got to be eighteen. Yeah. But uh, now it affected everybody and it changed our lives completely. Um, I, uh, after the war, the whole world was different. Um, women had more responsibility mm-hmm. because they'd accepted the responsibility yep. when their husbands were away and yep. they did it or it was not done. For my life changed by the time I was. Fifteen when the war ended. Well, I was
9: grown up. Yes, you were an adult. We, we For grew all all up very quickly. Yes, you did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like being a student at Cobden Primary School in those well, days? Well, I loved school. Uh, it, it was probably the happiest eight
10: years of my life. If I loved it, loved it. Yes, you were a bit of a sponge. I, yes, I. The classes went from little preps. Yeah to the bubs, we were called, oh, God, to, grade been called <laughs> <laughs> to grade
8: eight. Being called a bub.
10: to grade eight, I can remember when the brick building was built. That was just after the war ended. About I reckon it must have been about nineteen forty six. But school was wonderful because on, I loved the swimming pool. Yes. That was so it was there then. Oh yes, it's the same age as me. The confident yep. swimming pool, oh. and um, I went. We used to be allowed to go to pool after after school, school for a little while, and we would go down the pool we, uh, to swim. Mm. I loved the swimming pool, yeah. and I guess if I had for a hobby, that's what I did. That, yes, but yes. as we grew older, we played netball. Yep. Um, we went to Sunday school. That was important. Mm. Uh, the churches and Sunday school was, everybody went. Yes, yes. And so that was different, and therefore, everything we did, there were clubs for the youth. Um, so our social life sort of grew. Revolved from there. around the church. Yes, yes we played right. tennis yes. and table tennis. Through the church, and, community and, yes, groups. Yes, each year the yep. other churches would yep. have it
9: table tennis team. And yep. Yep. So how many churches would have been active in Cobden when you were young? Four. Four, okay. Yes. The four that are there now? Yes. Okay, so they haven't altered. Oh, yes, they ter- have. In, Sorry, I mean in terms of we haven't lost any churches. We've, we've gained some. Okay. We, we
10: didn't have the, well, let's call them the alternative churches. Yes. the Dutch church because yes, that the happened because church, of to, uh, migrants, to people who came. Um, we had the Catholic, the Methodist and the Presbyterian. Yep. Um, the Methodist, Methodist minister didn't live in Cobden. I think he must have lived in Camperdown. And the priest, of course, lived at the Camperdown at uh, the home there. Yes, there were just the four normal churches. Yes,
9: yes. Yeah. And were they large communities who were yes. served by those churches? <laughs> yes. A lot yes. more than is there now. A lot more many, many, more. many,
10: many more yeah. than is there now. Yes.
9: Were was Sunday school something you enjoyed, or was it something you had to go to? In other words, did you have the same yeah. sort of feeling for Sunday school that you had for the primary school? No, but. We went, Sunday school in the morning.
10: Mm-hmm. Um, I said we never went to other people's houses, but when we had the anniversary at the end of the year when everything broke up for Christmas, yeah. uh, it was all day. And so that we didn't have to go home. So other members of the congregation, my Sunday school teacher yes. or someone like that would, would take, take us home own. for lunch or other kids yeah. and that would have been probably the only time that we would go to other, other people's houses homes, yes. until we grew up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can well remember a very exciting thing that happened. I was about eight or nine, I reckon, and the train, the Duke of Windsor was supposed to come to Col- Colac. He was touring oh. Australia on a royal visit. Yes. And... Mum took us on the train, not all of us, somebody must have minded the twins. Uh, we went on the train from Cobden to Colac to see him and he didn't turn up. Whether he, it's, They said he had a chill, whether he'd had a hangover or not, <laughs> nobody knows. But that was a general consensus because he was a wily boy, as you know. And going into a shop in Colac, the money... I. Was transported through on wire trails. Yes, yes. And and now I have never forgotten that. It just absolutely intrigued me. Yeah. And but that was most unusual for
9: that. Yes, that that would have been an amazing experience. Really something. And were there many people in town in Colac for that event?
10: Oh yes, yes. Would have been the biggest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, well, just like we have a law visit now. Yes, yes. school buses go and everybody goes to what? Yes, it, but... Uh, so we went to Kylak and we came home again. Oh. So that was that.
9: That <laughs> naughty man. That's not good, not good. Well, maybe he just was never meant to be the right person. It's
2: so great to hear Alma's memories of Cobden and there's more to come in future months.
1: As part of our... Podcasts, we want to bring you information about what's happening with businesses in Cobden, who's who, what's new, what's changing and many other business snippets. Frank, our intrepid reporter, has been out doing some on-the-spot interviews and we will bring you updates on some of the business people and their activities.
3: Thanks Trev. I've got two updates this month. First up, the new owner of Cobden's Hair Room, Jess Rowan. Well, I'm here today at Cobden's Hair Room with the new owner, Cobden's Hair Room has just changed owners very recently and I'd like you to meet Jess, who is the new owner of the business.
11: Hi, I'm Jess. I um, grew up around um, Cobden. I went to the kindergarten, the primary school and the tech school. I left uh, the high school in year 10 and moved over to Warnerwood to do my hairdressing. So I was over there for five and a bit years. Decided to come home. Um, I'm 21 and yeah.
3: And where is home, Jess?
11: Home is just out at Eklund. I live out with my mum and dad. They're happy to have me home.
3: And you get the cooking done for you, don't you?
11: Yes, get the cooking and laundry done, which is good. Mm -hmm. Mum's happy about. Um, I've also changed a few things um, at the salon. Um, The hours have changed. I do Monday to Friday. Nine to five, and I do do appointments now because I do do colours in here as well as haircuts. So, to book in, you can either find me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can um, message me on my phone number, which is zero four seven three five three nine three five seven, to book your appointments.
3: That's really good. We wish you all the best in the new business, and I must say, you did, there's one change you didn't mention. That is when I walked in yesterday for a haircut. The red wall at the back's gone. Was that a change of your style?
11: Yes, that was my style. Um, I'm not a fan of reds, so with colours and stuff, red isn't probably the good colour, but we have got a nice uh, grey wall now, so it brightens up the room for us.
3: Okay. well, all the best in the business, and we'll check back perhaps in a few months' time and see how things are going. Thanks, Jess. Now I'm talking to Caitlin Walsh from Stake Road at Cobden Golf Club. <laughs> I'm up at Stake Road at the moment at the Cobden Golf Club with Caitlin Walsh. and um, She manages and runs the Steak Road, but not everybody in Cobden might know what Steak Road is. Can you tell us, Caitlin?
12: Yep, so Steak Road is a family um, business that my husband and I have that with a partnership with the Cobden Golf Club. Um, so we try to bring beautiful local produce um, food to the community and good meals
3: and what's happening at the moment
12: uh, at the moment um, with the restrictions it's a little bit tricky but we're able to fit 50 people outside in the marquee um, and ten inside we've got Melbourne Cup coming up next week um, and we're having a ladies day and um, hopefully the restrictions open up a bit and we will have a few more Christmas functions coming up
3: that's really good how many people can you sit down
12: um, so at the moment we can fit sixty four in total down, um, which is good for the moment. Um, so we're happy with that. Yeah.
3: And, and what days and hours are you open?
12: Yep. So we're open from Tuesday through to Sunday, lunch and dinner. So our lunch is from twelve to two thirty, and our dinner um, starts at five thirty um, and goes through to eight eight thirty, depending on the evening.
3: Okay. Yeah. Now Cobden's not noted for being a a warm place of the evenings during October, November and even into December, um, what's it like out in the uh, in the marquee at night time?
12: Yeah, I know, it's a little bit tricky. Um, we do have a couple of heaters out there um, but I still advise people to dress towards um, Cobden weather. Yeah,
3: I think it's... Cobden people know to do <laughs> yeah. that anyway, don't they?
12: Yeah, it's tricky but everyone wants to get out and about so they're happy to rug up and be with their friends.
3: And is it essential to book, or is it just a good idea?
12: Yeah, highly recommend to book. Um, it is tricky with numbers and restrictions, um, but definitely do take walk-ins if the seats are available. Yep. more than happy to cater for them.
3: Okay, and how can people book?
12: Um, anyone can give us a book. They can either book on social media, or you can give us a call on 0409 952 006.
3: Just, just repeat that, I think.
12: Yep, 0409 952 006.
3: And how's it been going?
12: It's been really good. um, It's been, I'm shocked and blown away by the support that we've had off the community. It's been um, amazing and the support from the golf club's been phenomenal. It's been really, really good.
3: Well, let's hope as we come out of COVID that it uh, continues to, to pick up.
12: It's so
2: great to hear more about our Cogden people and their businesses. Can I encourage everyone to shop locally? We have a great range of shops, trades, professional services, health and beauty services, accommodation and hospitality businesses in Cobden. Their ability to remain operating continues to depend on customers using them, especially when we emerge from this pandemic. So please, think local first when you shop.
0: That's so important, Chels, and a good reminder as we get closer to Christmas. Our aim is to bring you two podcasts in December and here's what we have planned for the next podcast.
1: More information about what businesses
3: are doing as we run up to Christmas.
2: Information about hospitality venues in and around Cobden.
3: And maybe a surprise or two for our audience as 2020 comes to
0: a close. We really appreciate the support of the Corangamite Shire Council and the Cobden and Districts Community Bank for our podcasts.
2: If you have any comments on what you've heard or any suggestions for future segments, please email them to cobdennwt at gmail.com. That's cobdennwt at gmail.com.
1: And we thank Gary Ross again for his efforts in producing this podcast on behalf of Progressing Cobden. Keep talking, Cobden, because now we're talking. Catch you in the next episode.